Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Bob Ryan and Tim Brando will drop by next hour. Joining us now is one of the superstars of NASCAR. He represents Joe Gibbs Racing. He has won back-to-back -back regular season NASCAR championships. He won it all, meaning the playoffs in 2015. And he is in the pole position, if you will, in the standings as the boys head to Martinsville and continue the NASCAR playoff schedule. Kyle Busch of Joe Gibbs Racing joins us now. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How's it going? We're doing well. It looked like in Kansas you were most of the way into what would have been a race-ending spin and crash. How do you save a car going that fast midway through a spin? Because you kept going, and I still can't believe I saw what I saw. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I don't know, practice. I've been that way a few times in my career, and I've had my opportunities of crashing those particular uh, moments, but uh, the last few times I've actually been able to hang on to them, luckily. So, you know, a little bit of skill, maybe a little bit of luck, but um, overall we kept it straight and we were able to mosey on on. It is unusual that you guys at Joe Gibbs Racing are one, two, and three. So for those who don't know, there's only eight drivers with a chance to win the championship. Number one, number two, and number three in the current standings are our guest Kyle Busch and his teammates Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. How does that work when you're both trying to beat somebody, but they're also your teammates? Well, we've uh, we've kind of been that way for a long time. Denny and I, we've we've always been right there with one another. Truex just kind of joined in our team this year, but he's always been a well. Last couple of seasons, he's been a Toyota guy right there with us. So same same sort of thing applied. And um, back in 2016, we had Carl Edwards as a teammate, and him and I, we made it all the way to the final round, the Homestead together. You know, so. Um, it's just, uh, you just keep doing what you've been doing all year long. And when it comes down to the last race, you know, it's just a matter of what team hits it right and, uh, what driver crew chief combination is able to do all the things they need to do to put themselves in the right spot to try to win the thing. And, uh, we try to help each other as much as we can to make sure that if, if one of us, um, can win, then hopefully we can come home one, two. Kyle Bush is joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kyle Bush. Catch him in Martinsville this weekend as the guys get closer and closer to Homestead with just eight drivers still alive. There was a famous college basketball coach here in our statewide audience in North Carolina named Dean Smith, and he always used to say that he felt like he accomplished more with a regular season championship over a long period of time compared to maybe a tournament championship, which in basketball might only take, you know, three or four straight uh, great days of basketball to win. Uh, you have back-to-back -back regular season titles, but, of course, your sport is kind of defined by the playoff nowadays. Do you understand where he was coming from uh, with that, or is your playoff in the modern format long enough that you think this is the right test to determine who's the best? Uh, I mean, it's it's – uh, definitely a debate that could go on for many, many years. And we've been through a few different iterations of the playoff format in NASCAR. And uh, the one that we're currently under, yeah, I've won the regular season the last two years. And then we have these uh, points and stage points that kind of help us get through the rounds of the playoffs. They do a reseeding every time, but you're able to carry those points and the success that you had through the regular season and right. getting those points. Right through each round of the playoffs all the way to Homestead. And so I think it's the most fair that the system's been. Like years ago, they would reset everybody back to zero after the regular season, and then you'd have to go race. You'd have to be perfect in those three races. And to me, it's kind of like, okay, well, 
how about the success that I had through the regular yeah. season that I did a really good job. I won five times and this guy who never won that all of a sudden now turns it on is able to go through and make it through these rounds. Like it just didn't seem right. But I think there's a good uh, compromise to the, to the way it is now. What a year. Uh, Joe Gibbs racing has a total of 15 wins just among those three drivers. Our guest, Kyle Busch, plus Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. I don't know if your schedule ever allows you to actually physically be the person at the Bush household giving out Halloween candy. But since that's almost here, and since you're famous, among other things, as, you know, the candy man, the M&M guy, would everyone at the Bush household be getting bags of M&Ms? Or are you going to mix in some Twix, some Snickers bars because of that broader relationship with the Mars folks? Oh, yeah. No, we, we, we mix them in all the time. We definitely do some M&Ms. We do some Skittles. We do some uh, Milky Ways and Snickers and Starburst. You name it. We do it. And, um, you know, what's cool about it is, of course, I can get a stash, if you will. Right. And uh, I make sure to spread the wealth throughout the, the family as well as some of the friends around. And um, they're all set for Halloween, ready to rock and roll. So at the garage and at the house, everywhere we looked, we would see Mars products? Yeah, yeah, I got my own stash. I've got some of them new um, M&M chocolate bars that came out earlier this year, so I got some of those uh, stashed around, and I'm not going to tell you where because a couple of those are my favorite, so uh, yeah, it's going pretty good. I love it. All right, so even though we mostly see the M&Ms, I mean, that is what most people refer to you as, right, the M&Ms guy more than the other stuff, but just so everybody's clear, you you are a fan of the variety pack, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoy uh, all of our, our candies that we have from M&M. When you're at this stage of your season, do you know who your toughest competition is? Is it just as simple as, hey, Hamlin and Truex have had the other two best cars? Or is it more complicated than that, where, as you said earlier, you know somebody can sort of figure it out late in the season? Certainly somebody can figure it out. But, um, you know, if you ask, you know, who is your – toughest competition I'm going to say it's going to be Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin those two guys have really done a great job this year of being able to uh, be right there with us and and actually you could probably say that they both exceeded us um, this year with results as far as wins go we've got four Denny's got five and Truex has six you know so um, it's been a great year for the team for the organization overall there's certainly been some of those victories that those guys have gotten that uh, I feel like we could have gotten as well, too, just missed out on. But, uh, you know, overall, um, we're, we're the points leader going into this round. We start at Martinsville this weekend, and we go Texas-Phoenix, all three pretty good races for us that we feel like we can get through and get to the final race at Homestead and be eligible to go for a championship again. Kyle Busch is joining us. You're only 34 years old, so this sounds like maybe a question I would ask or an even older guy, but did – your life changed in meaningful ways four years ago when you went from being described as this, you know, greatest driver who's just accomplished everything except the NASCAR playoff championship. I know you want more, but did that uh, help or take any weight off your shoulders when you got one four years ago? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It certainly did. Uh, it was really, really awesome to uh, be able to finally score a championship. I mean, we've been going at it for so many years and, kind of like this year's playoffs, you know, if, if we were in past year's playoff scenarios, we'd be eliminated by now because we just haven't quite been consistent enough um, and, and finishing each and every week well enough to, to get ourselves through. But we had a good regular season. We've got those bonus points. So it's helping us through this year. And I feel like we got a good shot to win it here, but um, there'd be nothing like 
there's nothing like winning your first, but I, I got to say that there's probably going to be some vindication and some, um, you know, some great comfort in being able to get number two as well. Sometimes guys who are friends and teammates can rib each other about everything. Would it be over the line for you or Truex to poke Denny Hamlin, your teammate, because you guys have won the title and he has not? Is that like, you know, too much, too soon? Um, no, I mean, I, I think if you did that, you'd probably light too big of a fire. And, uh, <laughs> you might not like the consequences, so you're just better off keeping your mouth shut. As we let you go, what do you like most about seeing Martinsville once again? I mean, my statewide audience most often goes to Charlotte Motor Speedway, where you, we saw you not too, too long ago. Uh, but Martinsville is, is uh, geographically one of the easiest places to get to for us as well. Yeah, I love going to Martinsville. It's a cool short track. There's always action going on there. There's a bit of beating and banging going on there. So it's a good place to race. And, man, it's the oldest short track on the schedule, um, man, from the 40s. 50s so yeah. uh pretty cool that it's still there and we go there and we race like we do next year's race gonna be a night race so um you know typically you can always yeah depends on how the cautions fly but uh this race last year last two years has, has kind of ended under the lights so um you get a, a fair taste taste of that of what it's going to look like next year but uh looking forward to it it's going to be a good one Kyle Busch, 2015 NASCAR champion, trying to get another one. One of eight still standing as they head to Martinsville. Thanks again for the time on the David Glenn Show. Good luck the rest of the way. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks. You got it. Bob Ryan, Hall of Famer from the Boston Globe and ESPN, joins us in about 45 minutes. We'll celebrate the opening night of NBA action. College basketball is back soon as well. Tim Brando, one of our favorites on college sports, including college football, one of the great voices of Fox Sports, drops by later in hour number three. Today is NBA Pick 5 Day. It's a game we've played for three decades. By the end of today's show, we have to certify our five picks. The five teams we believe are most likely to win this year's NBA title. Best I can tell, and I am gathering your votes on Twitter, at David Glenn Show. We will find them there. By email, the quickest way to get to me is dglenn, first initial, last name, no dots, dglenn, two ends in Glenn, dglenn at accsports.com. That does come directly to me. You can give me your pick five there if you like. By the end of today's show, we list the five teams we think are most likely to win the NBA title. 26 times we've won this game, four times, including last year, we missed it. Perhaps you convinced us a year ago to include the Raptors, and we defiantly turned down your advice. Well, listen this time, we promise. It is not as easy this year, even for what I've always said is the most predictable of the major professional sports leagues that we follow. This year does not fit that description. I'm getting votes for 10 different teams at least, and we only have room for five. We will take your picks. Todd and Kinston once in on the other side. We're having some fun with the Panthers and Kyle Allen back at the controls for the trips to San Francisco. As you contemplate what your four and two Panthers do well or not as well, and we leave the Cam Newton will return at some point kind of on the back burner. Who's the best team in the NFC? Who Exactly who are the Panthers chasing? If they beat the 6-0 49ers, do you think it'll, the answer to that question is the Panthers? The Packers are 6-1, and one, and Aaron Rodgers is feeling it under the new head coach, Matt LaFleur. The Saints are 6-1, and one, and that's mostly without Drew Brees. The Vikings are 5-2 and two and finally have an explosive offense to go with that great Mike Zimmer defense. You shouldn't disrespect the 49ers given that they haven't lost yet. 
But I'm not giving up on the Panthers or the Cowboys or the Rams or even my Eagles who have a losing record right now. The NFC is wide open. The Patriots put an exclamation point on their still undefeated season last night. They're the best of the AFC. Patriots 33, Jets 0. Tom Brady and his future was a more interesting topic, I thought, than the on-the-field football on Monday Night Football. Odell Beckham Jr. is in the NFL headlines as well. We'll elaborate on that on the other side. The Nationals visit the Astros tonight in Game 1 of the World Series. We're having some fun with the college football question of the day as well. Would you be okay if your team barely scraped into a bowl this year? All things are relative. FSU, Miami, Virginia Tech, NC State, and other fans are saying no. Most fans of Louisville or Carolina or ECU, for example, are saying yes, they'd be okay with just six and six and scraping into a bowl. We have that NBA question of the day. We have that NFL question of the day. We have that college football question of the day. There's something for everyone in between our guests. The Hall of Famer Bob Ryan in 45 minutes. Your phone calls are next on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you in a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Two more great guests later. More of your phone calls now. We have a few questions of the day. Also, an interesting update from the National Football League. Put yourself in the situation where you are the decision maker for a professional or college sports team when a prominent media entity comes to you and says, we want to do something special. It could be something like all access, right? Carolina's basketball team under Roy Williams gave the new ACC network special access. And I mean, it's Roy Williams at practice. And now you're allowed to video what typically outsiders are never allowed to video. And that's going back to his mentor, Dean Smith, and pretty much everybody else through Carolina basketball history. So it's a trade-off, right? You're coughing up some privacy. You're allowing access Now, people who watch that show assumedly think and see good things about the Tar Heels, and maybe they like Roy Williams even more, or maybe it's a young prospect or his family who says, yeah, I'd like to be a part of that culture. But it is intrusive. I mean, those cameras are in the Carolina players' apartments or houses or whatever. You are giving up a lot of privacy, some of it basketball-related, some of it personal. And last night on Monday Night Football, we saw a version, as we come to your calls, NBA question of the day. It's our annual Pick 5 day. By the end of today's show, we are going to announce the five teams from which we believe the NBA champion will emerge next summer. We've gotten it right 26 years. We've gotten it wrong four years. We missed it last year with the Toronto Raptors. We don't want to screw it up again. Leading vote-getters from our audience so far, the L.A. Clippers, the L.A. Lakers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think we're going to follow your advice because they're also on our list. We have two more spots, and I'm getting votes for the Warriors, even though they've changed a lot. The Jazz, the Nuggets, the Sixers, the Celtics, even others. I think at least 10 or more teams are getting votes so far. That makes it different by what we've come to expect in the NBA standards. You can chime in with your pick five NBA. Today is the only day for that. 1-800-849-2761. College football question of the day. Would you be okay with your favorite team barely scraping into a middling bowl? 
We looked at the ESPN football power index. Long story short, all of the teams I'm about to name are projected to be right on the bowl edge, either 7-5, and 6-6, six and six, or 5-7. and seven. UNC and Louisville fans, ECU fans as well, are saying they'd be okay with barely scraping into a bowl. Not all of those fan bases, but the majority are saying, I'd be okay with that. Remember, all three coaches, Mac Brown at UNC, Scott Satterfield at Louisville, Mike Houston at ECU, they just got there. Mac Brown part two, but they're brand new in a sense. So you'd expect some growing pains. Maybe a bowl is a building block. Even if it doesn't get you to a prettier record, you're moving in the right direction. So far today, fans at Florida State projected to finish 6-6. Six and six. Miami, 6-6. Six and six. NC State, 6-6. Six and six. Virginia Tech's projected by the FPI to finish 7-5. and five. Boston College, Syracuse, Duke, all in that 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven range as well. Would you be okay with barely squeezing into a middling bowl? Most of you are saying no. And what does it trace to almost every, in every case? Program expectations. They're higher for the Seminoles and the Hurricanes than they are for the Blue Devils, for example. And how long have you been there? Dave Dorn at NC State's not getting the same benefit of the doubt that those first-year coaches are getting from those fan bases. You can chime in on that one at 1-800-849-2761. The privacy update as we come to Todd and Kinston on the NBA, others on the NFL and college football questions of the day. The privacy element is not as extreme when you're an NFL franchise that says yes Remember, the team has to give permission for miking up a player, but then the player has to give permission. It's not like the Patriots or the Jets are forcing Tom Brady or Sam Darnold to wear a microphone. It has to be cleared by NFL rules. That is handled during TV negotiations. Oh, we're going to pay you this many billions of dollars to carry your NFL product? All right, you're going to have to agree to some of our demands. This is when we want to televise games. This is how we want to televise games. You have to be cool with our Skycam, and you have to be willing to meet with our broadcasters you know, prior to games when they visit your city. So it's, it is a mutual back-scratching relationship, the way most successful business partnerships are. And the media wants a lot in return for the billions of dollars in the NFL context. So the league says yes, but teams and individual players have decisions to make as well. So Sam Darnold was mic'd up last night as the Patriots were beating the Jets into oblivion 33 to nothing. Sam Darnold was caught on his, he was one of the mic'd up players. The young Jets quarterback was caught sitting down on the bench in a very frustrating first half, and he mumbled, I am seeing ghosts. That's almost become like a viral sensation now. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, I am reminded of the sensitive nature, and as an attorney, I was involved in other contexts in negotiations where some people just want to count the money and they don't pay as much attention to what little things they're giving up in return. Obviously, Bill Belichick, control freak, is by nature against the idea that there would be a camera anywhere he doesn't want it or a microphone anywhere he doesn't want it. But nevertheless, there is this relationship. Darnold is caught saying, I'm seeing ghosts. Not exactly great branding for the Jets, not exactly what you'd want the world to hear if you're Sam Darnold. The Patriots got into his head. Nobody wants to admit that. He blurted it out. He was mic'd up. Maybe he forgot he was mic'd up, whatever. Well, sure enough, Adam Gase 
The head coach of the New York Jets said this today as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. He's kind of making the point, and I'll give you his exact words, but he's kind of making the point that just because we as a league agree to this, just because the Jets say yes, just because Sam Darnold gave the green light to being the player or one of the players mic'd up, doesn't mean that we don't ask you for some discretion, right? Like, I would imagine Carolina's all-access show on the ACC network debuted last night. I'd be willing to bet there's something in that contract, and there's a lot of others out there. Scott Satterfield has Louisville football and a deal. Dabo Sweeney has Clemson football and a deal. The media wants access. Plenty of programs and coaches say no, but those that say yes, you got to iron out the details. I would imagine that there's something in there saying that if – the cameras were at so-and-so's apartment, and who knows what weird thing happens that's embarrassing to the young person, that the ACC network somehow, some way, has to get it cleared by UNC to include that as part of the broadcast. Keep in mind, 90% of what you're filming doesn't make the broadcast. It was actually, I thought, a well-done Carolina basketball all-access program. Some at practice, some one-on-one -on -one interviewing Roy Williams. Sean May, former big man for the Tar Heels, on Coach Williams' staff, had a lot of very thoughtful things to say as well, one-on-one. -on -one. You expect the one-on-ones to be a part of it. But what if somebody dropped the wrong word at practice? I mean, is, is that allowed? The attorney in me says, hey, folks, I don't even care which way you want to go. If I, were the inner, if I were the mediator at the table... And my job is to prevent both sides from having headaches down the road. You know what it's my job to do? Think of the stuff that they're not thinking of. Carolina might be just blinded by the exposure that they think is going to be great for Roy Williams and the Tar Heels. And the ACC network is blinded by the joy of getting special access to one of the most storied programs in the history of college athletics, right? So both sides get something. Otherwise, you don't have a deal. But... You're paid to foresee sometimes things that are harder to foresee. And I would say to both sides, hey, guys, if uh, I don't know who uses vulgar language, Roy Williams does not, but let's say player X drops an F-bomb in the middle of practice. Well, you guys were rolling when that happened. You know, I don't want to be the guy that throws the cold, wet blanket on all this joy as you guys are coming up with this deal. You both seem happy with this deal, but – Somebody's got to think about these things. And down the road, you guys are either going to be mad at each other and it's going to fracture a relationship or it won't be renewed or who knows, somebody could pull the plug at midstream if they get mad enough. Why don't you guys iron it out right now? That's not a hard-to-foresee hypothetical, right? It, it could happen. It does happen. And either it's okay, hey, yeah, we really want you to have access to these practices and whatever happens, happens, and it's fair game for you to broadcast it, or... There is another filter where the ACC network in that context has to somehow communicate, hey, this happened, we want to include it, is that okay? You have to discuss these things. Otherwise, it ends up being a case-by-case you know, -case basis kind of headache. Well, Adam Gase said this last night because he clearly did not like, it's an editorial decision by ESPN, right? Somebody in the trailer or the back production room says, wow. Sam Darnold, young quarterback against the genius Bill Belichick in the Patriots defense, just said, I'm seeing ghosts. If my only job was to value, was to determine the value of editorial content, 
I'd have done exactly what ESPN did. I mean, are you kidding me? If my only job is to take whatever the mic'd up words are and then share only the most interesting with the audience, you know, you don't see it in real time. There's commercials. And in those commercials, those decision makers are saying, oh, yeah, you know, the, the exchange between the defensive end who sacked the quarterback was they were getting helping each other up after the play was really funny. Let's play that when we come back from a break. That's how it works. Now, that's not controversial, assumedly. I'm seeing ghosts by a young quarterback while the Jets are getting their brains beat, beaten in is a little closer to what I would call a sensitivity line. So here's what Adam Gase said today, and then we'll come to your calls. We're going to be looking into that pretty hard, Gase said earlier today. That was one of those things that I was really disappointed to hear about after the game. I don't know that I have ever seen that, where somebody who was mic'd up was basically dot, 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 that a comment like that was allowed to be aired. It bothers me, and it bothers the New York Jets organization. What's in the contract? I don't know. Is there that asking permission filter? I don't know. Do you have time really to just call somebody on the Jets and say, is this okay to play? They're going to say no. If you have to place the phone call, nine times out of ten, if they get the call, they're going to say no. The way these usually work, it's in the contract that if a guy is mic'd up, you get to use it. And if the NFL team starts to dislike the rules of engagement, well, next year they can say, we didn't like what you did last year and you're not going to be able to mic up Sam Darnold anymore. Again, you got to play by the NFL's rules. If the NFL says part of our TV deal is you got to give us a player, well, maybe the contract says you got to give us a starter. Well, you can wisely choose which player you're going to mic up. Like around here, Darren Vaught would never say something inappropriate, so I would just mic up Darren. Intern Will and I, I mean, you never know. So – I'm going to be more careful. I'm just going to say, you guys are stuck with Darren Vaught, man. He never says anything controversial. Will and I, man, God knows what might happen. 1-800-849-2761. Bob Ryan and Tim Brando later. Your statewide phone calls right now. Todd and Kinston wants to steer us back to the NBA. That's a good thing. The only consensus votes we're getting for the top five, pick five, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks seem to be on almost everybody's ballot. After that, it is all over the place. Todd and Kinston, save our pick five season with your five teams and why you're including them on the most likely to win the NBA title. All right. Well, I mean, I got everybody's favorites, the two teams from L.A. Okay. And uh, I would go with the Bucks. I mean, I think it's the East is their conference to lose. Um, this is where it gets interesting, I right? Yeah, and I think I, I guess I would throw Philadelphia in just to have another Eastern team in there. But uh, my fifth team, you know, I don't think you can count Golden State out until they're out. I mean, uh, if they can hang around and get back in the playoffs and get, uh, you know, Clay back, I mean, I think, I mean, they could, they could make things interesting. Do I think they're going to win the title? No, but they would be my next. They would be my fifth. You know what's interesting? Last year at this time, we miscalculated what to expect, or not not you, but we, I, miscalculated what to expect from Kawhi Leonard coming off of injury, right? Could he be that top five player in the NBA that he was often with the Spurs? Or after that really weird injury that caused his breakup with San Antonio, you know, might that be complicated? We have a complication here with the Golden State Warriors because Steve Kerr said either yesterday or earlier today he does not expect Klay Thompson back this season. Now, as I mentioned, that could be just coach speak, 
not trying not to put pressure on Clay Thompson to rush himself back, trying to get the guys that are in the locker room to focus on the task at hand rather than wondering when Clay is coming back, right? But if it's a truth serum, I really don't think Clay Thompson's coming back this year. There's no way I could put the Golden State Warriors in my top five. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Yeah, and then that's just – it's unknowable. On October 22nd, it is unknowable how much help Steph Curry is going to have because I, I think Todd is right – that you have the Splash Brothers. I know KD is gone. Andre Iguodala is gone. Heck, Sean Livingston is gone. A huge chunk of what we've seen during the Warriors dynasty walked out that door. But with the Splash Brothers as the foundation and some other good players, D'Angelo Russell is new to the Warriors. That at, time has, at times has been a big-time um, NBA guard. They're good. Who's back? Kevon Looney down low, Willie Cauley-Stein down low. Of course, Draymond Green is still there. That's intriguing if everybody is available. That's possibly top five in the NBA if everybody is available. If Clay is not, that team's not going to win the NBA title. So we got to make a decision by the end of the show, Darren. Uh, Todd can't help us all, all the way to the finish line. We will take more of your input. 1-800-849-2761. The Lakers we have written in ink. Anthony Davis has joined LeBron James in L.A., and they have some decent talent around them. The Clippers are written in ink. He's not healthy yet, but Paul George has joined Kawhi Leonard. They're both new to the Clippers, and they have a returning cast that has enough support players to put them clearly in the top five. I think Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks belong in ink as well. After that, Warriors, maybe. Jazz, maybe. Nuggets, maybe. Rockets, maybe. Out East, Sixers or Celtics, maybe for either one. we got to narrow it down to five by the end of today's show, and we welcome your input, 1-800-849-2761. College football's Week 9 highlights include three matchups where a highly ranked, I mean top 10 team, takes on another top 25 team meanwhile ESPN's football power index takes everybody's current record plugs in all the analytics looks at the remaining schedule for each and then spits out the win-loss probability the projected record for the 12-game regular season there's an awful lot of teams we follow projected to finish at or near six and six the definition of mediocrity right Clemson's projected to be 12 and 0 Wake Forest is 6-1 and one and projected to finish 9-3. and three. UVA is 5-2, and two, projected to finish 9-3. and three. Pitt is 5-2, and two, projected to finish 8-4. and four. Just about everybody else in the ACC is predicted on the 6-6 six and six mark or barely above or below it, 7-5 or 5-7. Louisville fans, Carolina fans, and some others, ECU, if they were to somehow make a bowl, don't mind the idea of barely scraping into a middling postseason game. The folks at NC State, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami, generally speaking, they're not as tolerant about that idea. 1-800-849-2761. Would you be okay with your team barely scraping into a middling bowl if you're one of those on that list? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. More on the NFL, more on tonight's Game 1 of the World Series in Major League Baseball. Ugly duckling franchises, they have both been for most, most of their existence. The Astros have a chance to win for the second time in three years, and the Washington Nationals would be a first-time winner in the history of that franchise. More on those stories with more of your calls. Bob Ryan 
Hall of Famer from the Boston Globe and ESPN, live in 25 minutes. Tim Brando in about 60 minutes or so. More of your phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. Davos Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man, are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. you. I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, <laughs> 80. Eight zero. It's the original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Bob Ryan. <laughs> Hall of Famer from ESPN and the Boston Globe. It is night number one of the NBA regular season. Bob Ryan drops by to help us celebrate that. Your Panthers are back in action after their open week. They head to San Francisco. I believe with a win there, you'd have not only one heck of a Cam Newton-Kyle Allen conversation next week, but you would have to consider the then 5-2 and two Panthers up there somewhere in the Saints-Vikings-Packers neighborhood as the best of the NFC. 1-800-849-2761 if you want in on the NBA, the NFL, or the college football question of the day with so many teams we follow projected to finish at or near 6-6. Six and six, Would you be okay barely scraping into a middling bowl game? Interesting answers so far because they reflect expectations. Several fan bases say they're okay with it, for the most part. Every person is different, of course. A bunch of fan bases say they're not okay with it. Florida State, Virginia Tech, NC State, Miami, and others, no way, Jose. Whereas the Tar Heels, the Louisville Cardinals, ECU, under first-year head coaches, far more fans would be happy with any postseason trip, given the misery that they've experienced on the gridiron recently. one 800 849 2761. Bob Ryan and Tim Brando next hour. Your phone calls are welcome now. The one thing I promised from the NFL as we come back to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Darren Vaught, you and the audience can contemplate whether it was in high school, college, maybe a coach you had, a tutor or teacher you had, maybe your parents had a rule that just drove you crazy. You couldn't see the purpose of the rule. You didn't like the rule. You thought it was unnecessary. You thought it was annoying. You thought it was ridiculous. And you had a decision to make, right? You're either just going to say, as dumb as that rule is, I don't get to make the rules, right? I'm not going to defy my high school principal. I'm not going to defy mom or dad or coach so-and-so. It's just not worth it, maybe you said. I want to be a good teammate, a good son, a good student. You have to pick your fights, and I'm not going to pick fights here or there, although I'd love to know why that dumb rule is even in place. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns has an illustration for us. He's really upset that he has been fined $14,000 for violating the NFL's policy on uniforms and equipment. And it reminds me of certain things from my own childhood. Now, I got over these things for the most part, but for example... I went to a high school that required a coat and tie every day. Silesianum High School in Wilmington, Delaware. I learned a lot there. It was very college prep-like. I have shared the story that it was all boys, all right? You want to talk about a jolt to the system, Darren? You, even, the, even though I was only 13 years old or whatever when I started at Silesianum, that was a jolt to the young DG system. After all those years, didn't you have female friends in elementary school and middle school? I did. 
I thought most of the time they were what made it worth going to school every day, right? You're tired of this, tired of that, whatever. Oh, yeah, you had, you had your friends. Variety being the spice of life. Well, no girls in high school. So I, I'm already starting on the wrong foot at Silesiana. Four years, Darren. A long drive. Both directions, uphill, through snow sometimes and other inclement weather. <laughs> it was tough. Worth it, but tough. And I didn't like, I didn't understand at that age bracket, certainly not at 13 or whatever I started, but even by 17, man, you're all independent, you're fiery, you're maybe getting ready to go to college, finishing your senior year. What's up with this coat every day, man? What's up with the tie every day? So, of course, at some time in the learning curve, the young DG legal mind was already at work. Shockingly, after four years stuck with me, Darren, I don't think I've ever told you this story. <laughs> you know about the no girls. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I've about heard the all co- of the generalities about your high school experience, but maybe you, not this You know the coat and tie? Yep. You know all that stuff. All right. This part I may never have told you. I came up with the idea that technically, although you have to wear a button-up shirt, a tie, and a jacket, otherwise, like you risked, <laughs> it was called, you, you, were hand, you, were, you were issued a jug, all right? Now, this is, remember, this is a, this is a school that inclu- your teachers included priests and nuns, Catholic-affiliated, okay? Jug was essentially detention, but it was what it was called jug because it was justice under God. All right. So that so lots of things could end up with you being issued, not a demerit, not a detention, Darren, but a jug. All right. (laughs) So I had a few jugs, not a lot of jugs, but one of them came from this. If the rules require me to wear a button up shirt and a tie and a jacket, But as we're growing, Darren, as people do, listeners to the David Glenn Show on every Friday, what do they do? They they spread their free-for-all Friday wings. They enjoy their freedom. They celebrate their independence. They go their own way. I came up with the idea, like we have free-for-all Friday, different rules. What about Hawaiian Shirt Friday? Well... You might have predicted this. It's <laughs> so on brand. A, you know my personality well <laughs> enough to know that I had an angle, right? Like, I'm not the guy. I'm not the defiant guy. Here, Odell Beckham Jr. is the defiant guy. I know what the rules are. I think they're dumb, he says. In his case, his pants did not cover his knees. I, ha- I actually had forgotten that that's even an NFL rule. But in that context, my argument would be, dude, why bother picking that fight? Why bother? You may be right that that pad over your knee, when huge human beings collide with each other, really not protecting you all that much. Like, principally speaking, philosophically, OBJ, you're right. That little pad that hangs over your knee ain't saving you from the 250-pound linebacker who wants to rip your head off or might be diving at your knees. However, it's a rule. It's in the books. I was not defiant guy. I might have been driven crazy by rules that I thought were dumb. Heck, I still am driven crazy by rules that I think are dumb in government or society or sports or whatever else. You know how I react to red tape around here? Holy cow, you can see my head spin around exorcist style every once in a while when somebody squashes a great idea because of some corporate red tape that drives me nuts from time to time. I didn't go all OBJ because here I think Odell Beckham Jr. is getting what he deserves. 
You don't like the rule about the knee pad covering your knee. Everybody else is following that rule. You didn't. It's in the rules that you get fined $14,000. Tough. I don't feel bad for them. You want to change the rules? Go to the Players Association. Tell them this rule is worthless. And starting next year, you don't have to have knee pads covering your knees. Or maybe their NFL, the NFL will give you a reason why they need to have your pants covering your knee. Whatever. There's other rules about tearaway jerseys that make more competitive sense. It doesn't seem like the biggest health issue to me, but you at least get the dialogue going. If you're OBJ, you're stuck with what the rules are, man. you got enough problems in Cleveland right now trying to win football games and falling way below expectations. Why create this distraction when you knew what the rules are and you violated them anyway? You know what my argument was? It wasn't the defiant, I know the rule, I'm going to blatantly defy it. It was technically, technically, I've got a Hawaiian shirt on that does include buttons. And if you need me to, I'll put a tie on over the Hawaiian shirt. And if you need me to, I'll still wear a jacket over the Hawaiian shirt, which looks ridiculous with a tie. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of a Hawaiian shirt? Hawaiian shirt Friday, Darren. We're supposed to have fun, man. We're halfway to Margaritaville. By DG's 17-year-old standards, much like free-for-all Friday. I'm just looking for some fun, man. We got no girls five days a week and some high-level academics. How about once a week a little Hawaiian shirt love? So I went ahead and started wearing the Hawaiian shirt, convincing some of my buddies to do the same, and actually got a demerit slash jug. (laughs) I fought it fiercely on the idea that, technically speaking, I didn't see anything in the rules that said it had to be a single-colored shirt or single-colored with stripes or non-Hawaiian in nature. I didn't see that in the fine print. I got off the hook on a, yeah, DG was going to be an attorney someday. I did get off the hook for that technicality. (laughs) But they said, any Hawaiian shirts moving forward, what did they do? They wrote it into the rules. I don't know if it's still called the David Glenn rule from 1985 all these years later, <laughs> but you're still not allowed to wear Hawaiian shirts on Friday or any other day at Silesianum High School in Wilmington, Delaware. I tried, though, Darren. I tried. And my attempt was way better than OBJ's. He lost 14 grand because he deserved to lose 14 grand. We're back after this throwback justice league you know batman wonder woman superman aquaman if there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life aquaman is your guy zay jones is dominating the three cone drill aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill this is the david glenn show Hall of Famer Bob Ryan writes and talks about everything for the Boston Globe and ESPN, so we'll ask him about everything. NBA night number one, World Series, the undefeated Patriots, and much more. Bob Ryan, live next on the David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show.